And welcome to the podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Phil, and this is Ross and Phil Talk Movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you don't do it anymore, you're no fun. I, I know. Well, that. you know, I'm so tired of that. So, like, well, it's yeah. a, it's our thing. It's the <clears throat> yeah, thing you we can do. have it. You can totally have that. <laughs> but this is like that would be like Abbott and Costello without Costello. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could just record me saying "I'm Ross" and just play that. Like, <laughs> no, no, like you ten different Philistine. What if I what if I did ten different versions? I'm Ross. I'm Ross. No, I am Ross. Oh, I, I, yeah, he's a he's a whopper and a wapers. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that'd be Abbott without Costello, Laurel without Hardy, Kevin Spacey without sexual abuse allegations. Allegation. Yeah, I fucked that one up, didn't I? <laughs> George Allegation. George Allegation. George allegations. That's about so, Kevin Spacey. That's like Kevin Spacey about George Allegation. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> People would be like, what? That's. Oh, I, I didn't realise that was a thing. Was yeah. that, was that a thing? <laughs> they, they had a thing? No, they didn't. For legal reasons, no. they did not. Anyway. They, we might have broken that story right here. Yeah, we, we literally. <laughs> we've broken Christ. a story that doesn't exist. Ooh. We are fake news. Much like the media, I was going to say. <laughs> Fake news. Uh, so, Ross, how are we? How 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 are we how are we going? I've literally just woken up. Uh, very good. Uh, and it's been, again very busy. And I just saw uh, Patton Oswalt live on stage last night. Oh, nice! Fucking yeah, amazing. Good, amazing. Um, and it's I watched uh, Book of Mormon yesterday, which was also amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, before we do last film we saw, because actually, for once, we've actually seen the same film as our last film, which is good. Uh, yes, yes. However, right, I do right. want to point out the fact that you, I am fucking beyond jealous. You watched Licence to Kill in the, in the Prince Charles in the but cinema. I was going to bring that up as the other film. Oh, my God. It. I'm so jealous. It, right. So it does the latest films. And, and as I say, I do the old one as well as the new one. Licence to Kill. On, it's for 30th anniversary. Not that that matters, but it's for 30th anniversary. And I showed it at the Prince Charles cinema to a packed out crowd. And it looked amazing on the big screen. Uh, and, and I know it's, it's somewhat controversial to say it's the best. It's the best Bond film. I don't care. No, do you know it's, what? I'm, I, I'm torn between that. I'm always torn between that and Skyfall, right? I love Skyfall. No, no, they're, all, all the others, they look great. Uh, on a Majesty's Secret Service, you only look twice. But, it's a bit stupid. But Oz the Spy Who Loved Me is fucking brilliant. Like, we've always had Bond. a thing for this film, haven't we? It's fucking awesome. Like, like, like License to Kill... It's not like any other Bond film. It's the first Bond film, because people forget pre-Craig, which is he's a lone wolf. Like, I mean, when, when did which is now Craig every ever, Bond film, right? When did Craig ever just do a mission? Well, that's it. Did, so did Daniel is, Craig just do an actual so This has been my ma- biggest issue about the Daniel Craig era Bond. Absolutely sick of Every sick Bond of film, he's like, he's a rogue agent, right? It's like, he's had four rogue agent Bond films. It's like, I, just just don't be a rogue fucking agent. I want well, just to do be a 007. Just do the mission, the, an actual mission. By the way, like, is, there, actual... is there ever an episode where we don't talk about Daniel Craig? No, no I'm sort of obsessed with his baby blue eyes now, to be <laughs> fair. I, I just, like, he just, yeah, like, so anyway, 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 point is, everyone forgets, pre-Craig, he is unquestionably the Bond, the best Bond. Yep. And, and actually, I still think he's the best Bond, <clears throat> if you use context, if nothing else. Because oh, yeah. Craig, Craig has it. done some... Also, Craig has done some really sucky Bond films, which very few people seem to be prepared to admit. Um, both of Daughters, Living Daylights, it's not my favourite, no, but it's a very... solid, right? It's good. Very solid. As a first Bond film for him, it's very solid. And, and following up from A and, View to a Kill, 
Right. It was exactly. very I'm, needed. Yeah. And look, a beautiful killer. I, I'm, if Julian Gilby by any chance, he loves beautiful killer. I actually really enjoy beautiful oh, killer. It's really good fun. But it's not. Let's face it, it's enjoyable for its own reasons, right? So, hold on, sorry. Um, so on that, A View to a Kill, right? Mm. I think A View to a Kill is is the most fun Bond film they've ever made. Probably. Right? Yeah, it's the most enjoyable. As long as it, you're not sitting just, there going, why is it being yeah, why is it being silly? It's batshit it's mental. Enough. You have to you have to you have to buy the fact that Roger Moore would have Fuck sex with Grace Jones. Jones. Grace Jones, sorry. Grace and you just got like no, no, it's insane. And, and 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 then you have to take it further and go. Well, if that happened, you know that that will be the first time Bond's ever been penetrated. Right. Also, it, it's like the equivalent of like a British, like uh, an old English aristocrat fucking a wild animal. <laughs> like, she just, she just, and all I mean by that is she was absolutely unquestionably. Oh my god! You know that Roger Moore. So like, when Roger Moore made that, he she must was have fucking. Been, well, she was fucking. Um, she was fucking Dolph Lundgren at the time. He was. I think Roger Moore was fifty-five. Right. Or something. There is no way a fifty-five-year-old's heart could take being fucked by Grace Jones. I know. And, and after also, she'd 50... been riding Dolph Lundgren, because you know right. she, he, she could go as hard as she fucking wanted with Dolph Lundgren. She's like a gazelle. Like she's, right? like, she's like she would fuck smart. Dolph Lundgren, and Dolph Lundgren could ne- would would never quit. Right. Roger Probably. Moore, he dropped dead in five seconds. But, and also, he was 55, and with no disrespect, because love, love, love Roger Moore, he didn't look 55. He looked like he what looked we 80. think, like, well, like, he certainly like 60s by today's stat. Like, it just, yeah, there's obviously been a change in the way people are. But it, it like, and also the fact that he's partnered with Patrick McNee, which is fucking wonderful. Yeah, like, wonderful. Bad shit, but, they, but, they, but they both look like two old guys walking around doing action stuff. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, but the point is, license to kill. Massive screen, well, you know, big big screen. So I've never seen it in cinema before. Pristine print, or whatever the fuck they screamed it from. Dalton is just fucking badass, like all the way through. But also a gentleman and his integrity. The bad, uh, Robert Darby, Robert Darby, awesome <gasps> he's fucking awesome. Oh my god, um, he's so good. And even um, uh, Benicio del Toro, I think it's his first role. Yeah, I think it is. He's I fucking, think it's one of his first. He's scary. There are ninjas, or they're Chinese. Like it, it, Carrie Haruka Tagawa's brilliant in it. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, just going back to Robert Darby, right? Yeah. First time, probably until Casino Royale, where mm. Bond fought or Bond had kind of a proper, just ground level adversary. Yeah, yeah. But look, he's, he's basically a, a, a drug dealer. Yeah, I mean, like a big, a big old drug dealer. Like really, really this big. Is Bond big. taking on not like so. It's awesome. gone from the Roger Moore era of of fucking zeppelins and laser Me- beams. Mega- Mega, mega villains. Mega villains. Yeah. To, to yeah. Basically, a drug dealer. Yeah, and because of revenge. Because of revenge. It's got, it's got like a really. I don't know if I, I don't know if I never, never noticed this before. But it's got a very pulpy feel to it as well. Like yeah. it is like an out, out for. Yeah, I'm out to kill these motherfuckers. Like, like he's, he's literally just out to wreck their organization. Like not he's to, not. You not know, to kind of you know, say this too flippantly. But yeah. this is commando with James Bond, right? It kind of is. Well, there's, there's some very commando elements in it, actually. There, there are some very, just even just the way it's made, and it's obviously a similar era. But the way the action is, the stunts, and everything, the stunts are fucking brilliant. Like, brilliant. And that truck chase at the end, yep. much, oh. much, much better on a big screen, like much more impressive on a here's, big screen. Here's an interesting fact this was the first time Bond had ever bled on screen. Right, yeah, he's, he's soaked in it sometimes. Yeah, literally the first time Bond had had blood on him on screen. So I yeah. saw this at the cinema when it was released. 
Oh wow! I, never, I know. I it's, so I went. For, so it's basically I saw, the, and it was around. I think it's around the same time, approximately. But yeah. kind of, I think this was one of the first films I saw in the cinema when I was kind of uh, kind of older films. I think Terminator Two was not a million miles away in, in time wise from this. A few well. years, few few years later. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was one of the first films that I properly saw in the <laughs> cinema as kind of a teenager. Yeah. Um, and, and it was after I'd watched, I think we watched um, A View to a Kill, no, not A View to a Kill, um, Living Daylights on VHS. Um, right. So, vi- so, Living Daylights would probably have been my first Bond film? Yeah, I mean, my, my first Bond film in the cinema was uh, For Your Eyes Only. No, no, but I mean, literally, I think that would have been my first Bond film that I saw would be Living Daylights. Oh, I see. Um, and then I watched, uh, then I watched um, lo- uh, uh, um, License to Kill. Right. And then I went okay. back and watched like the Roger Moore. And so this is why I was never a fan of Roger Moore growing up because my first bond was Timothy Dalton. Right. And to go from Timothy Dalton to guy in a safari suit. Yeah. No disrespect. Yeah. Because I actually now no, have a massive appreciation for those films. Yeah, but I can see that. I can see why that would be a thing. It's, it'd be like if your first Star Wars film was A Phantom Menace, you, yeah. you might find that some of the other Star Wars <laughs> films weren't as good. I mean, you'd be wrong. Me in your opinion, yeah, because it's the first thing you're exposed <laughs> yeah, to. In fact, or, no, say that. Or, or diff- a difference or whatever. Yeah, my daughter's first Star Wars film was The Phantom Menace, and right. she prefers the original trilogy. Right, okay, well, yeah, there you go. Good, See, good taste. <laughs> a, well-educated, Ross. Well-educated. So, anyway, I'm fucking super envious. Gutted I couldn't see that game. And I will Brilliant. say, it was, like, it was amazing. You know how sometimes you think, I've had this before where, and it, I'm, I'm usually proved wrong, where I'm like, I've seen it so many times, yeah. will I be bored, will I get bored, not bored, but you know what I mean, will I like just wander, you know, and it's like in the evening, it was like, you know, in the evening after a long day, da, 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 da. Um, but not, but no. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely wonderful, like wonderful. <laughs> so, considering this, this is just the part of where we talk about what we saw last, um, mm. we're going to have to be relatively brief on the next film, but I can sum it up quite easily, right? Booksmart, second best film, of t- maybe best film of 2019 so far. It's easily, like, easily unquestionably my top five films of all, t- of, of all time. Of, of this year. Of all time. Of, of, of it's all it's time. above Ever. Commando. Ross has gone yeah, for broke everything. on this one. It's just Booksmart. But I'm not joking. Everyone should watch Booksmart. Everyone. Like everyone. I, don't care. I don't care what you like or don't like. Yeah, I, I was just, just as a film, it was absolutely brilliant. Like, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm sort of the audience because I like this kind of film in general. Yeah. Although there just aren't that many, there just aren't that many good ones. No, there's sense. a lot of bad ones. I was genuinely amazed at how good it was. I, I was so, I was so caught up in the whole thing. I fell in love with the film. I fell mm. in love with the characters. I fell in love with how real it felt. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, I haven't been grounded. young for a long time, right? Very long time. Mm. But... You know, the, the challenges that the characters faced weren't too dissimilar to the challenges that we all faced. But it's, no, been it's very exactly, much brought up yeah, to modern technology and modern times. And it, it's, it's fucking hysterical. It's whip smart. It's, it's really fucking beautiful. good. Oh, um, Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte as my parents were fucking brilliant. Oh, like, fucking absolutely brilliant. Billy Lord, man. Yeah, no, she was great. Like, she's that, I mean, the whole cast. Unbelievable. She's, she's, so, so she's someone that you kind of see in TV a little bit and go, mm. she's got something about her, right? Yeah, she was very, very good. And then also, film, um, she owned it. Yeah. yeah, also Diana Silvers. Um, and I was trying to remember where I'd seen it. She was in Mars. She's the lead in Mars. 
and yes. she's great in this as well. She's great in both. I mean, Ma, yeah. really, I really like Ma. So yeah, that was nice to sort of see them within like a week. That was interesting. And can I just say, Beanie Feldstein, oh. uh, who plays Molly, she's fucking about. Well, I've seen her stuff before. The thing that I, I love her in is uh, what we do in the Shadows, the TV show. Okay, not seen it. Not fan of the film. Fuck it. Well, you see, this is my thing. I was always a bit like, like I thought the film was like all right, like all right, like everyone was raving about it, and yeah. I'm like, I think, you were like, I think it's, it's okay, all right, it's all right, and and there are bits that I laughed at, but it felt really long at, to me. But the TV show, because it's in these like these half hour slices, it's really. I genuinely think the TV show is much much better than the film. But when we were watching the film, because it's got that kind of document, like, it's got that kind of like you know, it's the Office but with vampires. Sort yeah. of. It, the format is more suited to a TV show, basically. So, like, I feel like if I'd have seen the film in like four twenty-five minute segments or whatever, I probably would have preferred it. But the, it, the car, I don't know if you know the cast in the, in the TV show because it's basically a UK cast in an American show. Oh, okay. So you, you've got like Matt Berry, you've got Natasha Dimitri, who's fucking brilliant. She was in a uh, Jamie, or was it Staff? Staff sells flats. She's Jamie Dimitri's sister. Kay Van Novak as the lead. I mean, you've got people like Doug Jones. Like, if you've got, like, like the cast is brilliant. And there's an episode, episode seven, without giving it away, has more insane cameos than you can possibly imagine. Okay. I, it's like, something like, like, I like, might... Like insane. Like, insane. You'll go, what? I, I, might, I might give a shot to. Um, I might give a shot to. Hugely, so, recommend, hugely recommend it. So, hugely. double thumbs up for Booksmart, then? 100%. Like, I'm, I would be gobsmacked if this isn't in my top, maybe even top three of, of the, like, at the end. Ditto. Ditto. Like, easily. Easily. Right. Um, so meat and bones of the episode, Mr. Boyask, uh, in a couple of weeks as we, uh, as we chat now, um, Quentin Jerome Tarantino has his ninth, we'll talk about that as well, uh, film coming out, right? Mm. Um, and it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've watched the trailer and the trailer looks good, right? The reviews right from Cannes. I, ha- I haven't seen the trailer. That's fine. We're not really going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. But uh, the, no. the reviews from Cannes were overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, that always worries me, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be because, um, and just to be clear, the French, like, they are, they, they revere Tarantino. And by the way, I used to. <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about. But they revere him. Like, yeah. it's almost creepy. But, but they also gave amazing reviews to Django Unchained. Probably, and, probably all of his Probably yeah, all of his films. And uh, Hateful Eight. Um, yeah. And, and this, this is the problem I have, right? So Django Unchained was the first Tarantino film I didn't see in the cinema. Mm. And I've seen all of them so far, which is really upsetting. <laughs> and uh, no, not Django Unchained. Sorry, it was um, Hateful Eight. Okay, but in the end, I liked Hateful Eight more than I thought I was going to. Just to be, I was surprised after a few, but I've been like, "Fuck this!" Like I, I liked it more than I thought I was going. So, so this is, I guess, this is the, uh, this is the, um, the, the, the kind of the theme of the episode, right? Where are we on Tarantino? Because, and I'm going to contextualise this. I was a, I was a student like you at university yeah. in the it's early the right 90s. Time, right? He, he hits at the right time, right? He hits Absolutely. At the right time. I saw Pulp Fiction yeah. the year before I went to university. It's fair to say that everything I wrote and tried to make after that could be best described as Tarantino-esque, right? Yeah, I was yeah, there's no doubt. 100% yeah. in, right? Reservoir Dogs, I saw it again recently, still holds up as one of, not the, but one of mm. the best debut films ever. Yeah, I don't disagree. Hugely confident, hugely clever, and hugely smart. 
Yeah, and that, se- that difficult second film was fucking amazing. So. And yeah, the difficult second film was Pulp Fiction. Now, yeah, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in about 15 years, not because I don't want to, but because I watched it so many fucking times. Yeah. That I just, uh, it's almost painful to watch now with hindsight. Mm. Um, so Pulp Fiction, you know, yeah, that's kind of the, the gold standard Hall of Fame of films and second films, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you had forums, which mm-hmm. he doesn't count as one of his films. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. And I quite liked his segment, The Man from Hollywood. I thought it was clever. It wasn't. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was, it was fine. I like I like forums as a whole. I think it's a, a an interesting idea that doesn't quite work. And then yeah. we hit probably his most controversial in terms of critical and kind of public acclaim, and that is Jackie Brown. Which it's his best film. It's his best film. We both love as his best film, right? It's his best film. It's his best film. By, so far. Yeah, and I can't say Easily. by far, because no, by Pulp no, Fiction no. and Reservoir Dogs, it's a fucking paper, piece of paper line between them, right? Yeah, but it's. But I think my whole thing has been, partly he's adapting someone else's work rather than just being, I'm writing my own shit and saying nigger a lot. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's that. <laughs> that. That is just, I'm so bored of it. And by the way, it's, I'm not... It's not to do with his use of that word. I don't care about that. Like that's oh, that's but, something that to be to but, but to be but what I'm getting at is it should be something where this word I've got this whole thing about words having power. Yeah. Like the word nigger is a terrible word, right? It shouldn't be essentially it shouldn't be used, but you either let everyone use it and you depower it completely and it's a stupid word that ignorant people call black people. Yep. And and other another thing like it's an it's a term of ignorance and an insult. So you either completely depower it, everyone can say it, so it's basically meaningless. Because in a lot of films, it's said to the point where it's meaningless anyway. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Or, or it, it has the same level or, of unmeaningness. No yeah, or or no one gets to say it, and that yeah. includes black people, by the way. And I know people say, "Well, who the fuck are you?" The point is, it's a if 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 one group of people are allowed to use it, and another, and everyone else isn't allowed to use it. What exactly is that? Yeah. That is it, not, that is not, that's like saying, that's like me saying, oh, other people can't say yid, kike, uh, heave, whatever, or Jew with a bit of stank on it, right? <laughs> As Louis C.K. used to say. To me, everyone should be able to say everything because the fact that people get offended by the use of a word, that you need to grow up. That word has been, is overused in, in black and American cinema, as cunt is in low budget British right. gangster films, right? Yeah, one hundred. No, one hundred. Has a completely different context. Don't get me wrong. But here's know. the other thing: people say that, like, what's the, they use that phrase, "cunt" is a word that like hates women, and I'm like, it's a fucking word. Words have and, changed their meaning throughout and, civilization. And also, if I'm not so mistaken, what are and, about? And, you know, correct me <clears> if I'm wrong, but I hardly ever see that word used against women. In British no, films, especially, most people, most men use it against men. Yeah. If that, now, I, I, I will say, when when you do see it used against a woman, it is painful. Like, yeah, it's horrible. Lie. Like there is there is a horror. I completely agree. Like if I the idea of me and in and I'm talking about real life as well as in fiction. Like in real life, if I was to call a woman a cunt to her face, like yeah, I mean, I I don't think I could. Like I don't think I physically no. could. Which is either good or bad, depending on how you look at I think like you should just use any word. And if you can't take it, if you're offended by it, this is what I'm getting. I've got my own little things here about when, I, when or not I would say a word. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not talking about good manners. I'm not talking about being polite to people. I'm talking about, you know, 
like just using a word because you want to use that word. Now, if, if it's in, uh, with intent, for a yeah. way of using it. But like either no one's allowed to say it or everyone's allowed to say it, like pretty much like anything else in the world, because it's just nonsense. Like it's using a word to segregate people. It's like we're in the 21st century. Can we just stop that shit? <laughs> Can we Fair. just like... I'm sorry. This is the soapbox. The soapbox. The soapbox has been put away uh, as we sorry. return to Jackie Brown. No, but I get, I get what you mean. It's the first time you adapted <coughs> someone else's work. I mean, loosely adapted. But sorry, sorry. So, so that's what I was getting. I spiraled off into fucking derangement. But the point is, yeah, it was the first time he adapted someone else's work. It is his least, in general, his least Tarantino. least uh well like I was gonna say least flourishy direction. Yes. Oh like it's, like like like, yeah. like it's a proper it could have been made in the seventies, the eighties, the night, it doesn't matter. And I think that's good and I think that's genuinely a compliment. Like I think when a film looks timeless, it's like a compliment because it's like and it's, it's it, yeah, it's, it's just the cast strong. that shines, not the script. The cast right? is and, amazing. and what I mean that is, cast people, is amazing. People walk yeah. out of Jackie Brown and go, fucking hell, De Niro was great in that, or fucking hell. Yo, um, X was good. But, in Robert, that. but Robert Forster and Pam Greer alone are a class. Yeah, like 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 Quentin Tarantino, point like Brownie points uh, like to the billion for that. Like it's crazy and how it's, good they it's, are. In it's, that yeah, it's long. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah, it is a bit long, but it's not indulgent. Like no, Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Well, ki- yeah, we have different good. views yeah. on Actually, this. Right? You like you know Kill what? Bill One? Just, just, I like Kill just Bill super Two. Good. Like super quickly, like. super quickly. Sorry, super quickly. <laughs> Jackie Brown. I did not realize. I've just looked. It's two hours and thirty-four. I would submit that Jackie Brown does not feel that long. No, it like, doesn't it does actually. Not, it does not two feel that film. long. That's what I would say. I'm genuinely a bit surprised to see that it's two hours and thirty-four. It's a slow particularly pace. My, well, but particularly as my whole complaint about his most recent films have been that they're all two hours oh. and forty minutes. Oh. So I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm well, chastened or whatever the fuck. So, like he does, he can do a good job with a long running time. Yes. Um. So it all starts going wrong around Kill Bill, right? Yeah. So Kill Bill, like you just said, like the first one, I like. I will say, not so much anymore. It's I got one the, good I, scene, right? Well, I prefer, I prefer the eighty-one films he copied, but <laughs> but but if you think about the mainstream audience, they're experiencing this kind kind of mayhem. And stuff and style, food, mayhem, that kind of thing. Yeah, and there's a lot, of, and there's a lot of style. I like how there's lots of different styles to the segments and stuff, and I like how full on it is. I still admire how full on it is. I think that out of one and two, you could have made a really good two and out two and a half hour film, though. Yeah, like, rather you, than you a, a the country that becomes a western film. Oh, that fucking! I know you like the second. I don't get the second one except for bits of it. There's like twenty minutes of the second one that could be in the first one, and then you've done the movie. Yeah, again, don't get me wrong. It's ridiculous. Ridiculously overindulgent, both of them, right? Yeah, they, they both are, yeah. And I just, it's just one of those films, right? That, that yeah, you're right. Together, it would have been a really good two and a half hour film out of push. Two hours like, would have been even better. It, it could have always been, if it was, let's just say for argument's sake, that Kill Bill as a whole was two and a half hours, it would have been his like uh, good, the bad, and the ugly, kind of. Yeah. Like kind like kind of. Like in terms of exploitation film and instead and, when he like, did yeah. release it as one, he made it a two hundred and forty seven minute film. Was that just both films together? I don't think I think they I think worked. didn't they chop them around into a different order and that's kind of a good idea. Maybe maybe that works better. I think because my main problem well, not my main problem. One of my main problems about the second one is it feels like there's a lot of filler, 
But but if it was cut between all the other madness of the first film, maybe that works because it gives you time to breathe. But also, like the second one is basically a western, which I love. I love the idea that the first one's a kung fu movie and then the second one's a western. But the problem with that is in the second one, you've got all these flashbacks to the kung fu shit. Yeah, like about how she survives in the coffin. Which, by the way, that coffin thing's amazing. That's amazing. Like it's brilliant. And the fight with Daryl Hannah, the, the the jackass fight, as they called it, because they changed it from being a martial arts fight yeah, yeah. to jack up because they watched jackass yeah that sequence is fucking great too like there's some great bits in it no doubt and i think like I, no doubt i think this becomes the running theme right so next up was um grindhouse or death proof depending on and yeah. again <clears throat> i like death proof more than a lot of people but there's three versions, right? There's the 87-minute yeah. version, which is in Grindhouse, yeah. which is yeah. nice because it's Tarantino's only sub-90-minute film. This, this film, the, the whole point of Death Proof is it should be less than 90 minutes. It's inspired by, like, like every film it's inspired by is, like, 82 minutes longer. Yeah. And then when it was released on <laughs> its own, it was 112, 121 minutes or 114 minutes, depending on which version you got. Right. But my, I don't know about you, my whole problem with Death Proof is it spends so long with the first set of girls. Yes. It does not need to, it's like half an hour, 40, it's something stupid, like 32, I remember, I can't remember the time, <clears throat> but it's like an entire, and, and they're never relevant again. If uh, my, my whole thing was, I assumed that if, when, when they had that massive, because the crash is amazing. Yeah, like, you know, the crash is amazing. If one of them had, I sort of thought, if one of them had sort of somehow survived and came back to hunt him, then it's relevant. Because it just it just isn't re- once they're dead, you don't need to, in a in a normal film in a typical film, you'd be with those girls for ten minutes. We kill them. It doesn't fucking right. This we're, we're setting up stuntman Mike, right? And then you get on with the rest of the movie because the, when he from when he meets the new girls, it's basically good, right? I mean, basically, basically, yeah, yeah. It's just way too long at the beginning for no reason. And again, it sets them up for no reason. Tarant- typical. <laughs> now we're getting into Tarantino's new patter right so long overindulgent and the key here is either a producer that's not strong enough to wind him in or an editor that's not strong enough to deliver a vision of a film that works but also is it the the problem also and i agree 100 percent with all of that (coughs) but (coughs) the other problem is Everyone that says this is incredible, this this is the best thing ever. Well, that's the producer thing, right? So it comes about if you remember like, one of my favorite quotes or one of my favorite things about the Star Wars um, prequels, right? Mm. Was Rick McCallan, right? Rick yeah. McCallan, who basically was George Lucas's yes man, and he basically said, "I'm here to say yes to George Lucas, whatever he wants." Yeah, no, exactly. that's no. the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Yes, George, that script is... Ama- yes, George, moving actors digitally is amazing. Yes, George, we need that sequence of Metachlorian. Yes, it's like, no, just say no, man. Be Zamo. <sighs> Thank you. Well, of course, Zamo didn't say no. No, Z- uh, no apparently Zamo <coughs> did not. So Death Proof is... It is what it is, right? I think in Grindhouse, I think um, Planet Terror is more fun. It is, like, no doubt. Planet Terror does more what it's supposed to do than Death Proof does. Yeah, right? it literally does what it says on the tin, right? It's a grindhouse yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, fucking hell, it has uh, guns on cut-off limbs. It, it's almost exactly. perfect. Uh, we then move to um, uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or yes, Quentin do. Tarantino rewrites history. 
So here's the thing. Well, I mean, that bit's fine. Like, the, the thing... <clears throat> have you seen the original Inglorious Bastards? No, I have not. By the way, 153 <laughs> minutes. It's absurd. People were talking about how good that scene is with Christoph Waltz at the beginning, which is what? 20, 70, I, I, 20 or minute sequence or something ridiculous. Right. So it could have been 10. It wouldn't have been any better or worse. Well, but I mean, I'm just saying, it could have been 10. If you're going to draw it out, all that shit. It was, and he's like, can I have some milk? I'm like, I don't, I do not care. He's very good at it. Like, <laughs> the acting is very good. I do not care. I want to see Jews killing Nazis. <laughs> Now I know that that's my thing, but it's a, <laughs> but the film, but the film, I love that. That's my thing. <laughs> but the film, the film says it's about that. Yeah, and it happens what once. And there's also that fucking stupid scene with Fassbender and uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers, who literally looks like he's about to burst out laughing in that scene, like where he's like briefing him. Then he goes to that bar, which goes on for how long? Oh, the bar scene is intolerable, <laughs> man. And then, and, and then as soon as they kill Till Schweiger, who I love the fact that he's like a Nazi who hates, or German who hates Nazis or whatever, as soon as they kill him in that scene, he never really gets to do anything. No. He's great. Um, I do, look, there are some scenes I like. There are definitely some scenes I like. But that film could have easily been, I mean it, 90 minutes. Like, I don't give a fuck about Daniel Brühl chatting up Melanie Lowe. I don't give a fuck. A hundred minutes, and that film would have been amazing, have been right? Yeah, I really agree. And then, like, if you're going to do a, a DVD version where it's two and a half hours long, yeah, all right, whatever, I don't care. But but show us more of the fucking, the Jews killing Nazis, you cunt. Like, just do that. Jesus Christ, that's what I paid for. Bullshit. So, Inglourious like, Bastards. And to be fair, the final act is also The final act, act is, is good fun, right? But by yeah, that point... it's way too long. Yeah, and, and this, is, this, is, this is where we're getting <laughs> with a lot of these films. By this point, I'm just kind of like... Ugh, just get the fuck on with it. If I have to watch another indulgent scene of a Tarantino character sat yeah. in a room talking to yeah. a Tarantino character... Talking bollocks, yeah, exactly. Um, and with that in mind, <laughs> next up, Django Unchained! Yeah, I can't... I oh, can't my God! Can we, stop, can we stop talking about his films now? The thing is, is that, the, <clears throat> again, the second half is where all the action is, and it's so repetitive. 165 like, is- minutes, Ross. Is it that long? Oh, yes. God almighty. That awful Australian accent thing, that was terrible. Okay. Why, so, does he, so, so why does he ruin his film? The film finishes at about 140 minutes. <clears throat> and even then it's a bit long. And then Tarantino goes, no, 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 wait. I've got something <clears throat> extra for this. I'm going to put me God. into the film. But, and it's absolutely terrible. It's, like, absolutely, it it's absolutely out. terrible. It genuinely stands out like an erection in a pair of swimming trunks at a kid's swimming party. Oh, uh, you've had that too, eh? Yeah, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Um, I mean, what? I don't know what you're talking about. What 165 about? minutes of the most indulgent shit and Christoph Waltz playing the same role he's played before. I know. I know. DiCaprio's I fine, but again, yeah, that dinner table scene, if I remember rightly, that just goes on forever. <laughs> Let's keep talking. No, no, can we stop talking, please? <laughs> <coughs> but when it, stop talking. when it does the kind of grindhousey <clears throat> Western Django thing, it's, sure, it's okay. But it crams it all into like the last, if I remember, like forty minutes, and it's just him continuously running around shooting people. Like, which you know, I like that. But you, you why but is it all just jammed into the last? But it's a also, video game it's about, by that point, isn't it? Also, yeah. Also, it's called Django, and he's barely in it. He's which, barely in it. Which brings us to. 
um, reservoir cabin. Right, but the thing is, though, okay, I will say I was surprised at how much I liked this compared to the previous couple of films. 168 minutes original, 187 minutes roadshow, 213 minutes extended. It's about seven guys, eight guys, in a fucking room working out who the traitor is. It's Reservoir Dogs four times as long, three times as long. So here's the thing. I mean, I agree. That's, That's absurd. I was, and I'll, again, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it in the cinema. I haven't seen it again yet. I do think it could have started from when they just gave the cabin. I don't think you need that opening with the stagecoach at all. No. I think it would, I think it would actually, the more it's like a play, the better, if that makes sense. It's because a the way they the way, Because the way they shoot it in the cabin is so clever. It does not feel like a one-location movie no. exactly. Um, but, but now imagine if that... that. That was 90 minutes long, right? Oh, it should be. It should. Well, I was going to say, it should be no longer than two hours. Like, no but, longer. But it's, it's literally a story about eight people trying to work out who the traitor is. Exactly. I've exactly. seen what that film yeah. 100 times, and yeah. I've never seen it at 165, 181, no. or 213 minutes. No. It doesn't That's longer than Godfather Part 2, by the way. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no need for it to be that long. But I will say, again, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Red, I, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it a second time yet. Genuinely hated this film. It, oh, this no. is the Nadia of Tarantino for me, right? This is yeah. the this is the the this is the worst that he has got to with the up his own ass, right? The extremisms of what he over the top, meandering, just horseshit. Um, yeah. And look, whatever you think, right? Whatever you think about Tarantino's films, there's one stat that does not change. I have seen Reservoir Dogs, um, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown between them probably 50 times. Of course. Genuinely. I've seen those films so many times. I've seen Kill Bill 1 and 2, Death Proof, Django Unchained, and The Hateful Eight once. Yeah, I've seen Kill Bill a few, the first Kill Bill a few times. The other ones, I think I've watched them twice, except for Hateful Eight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I can say I've watched them all twice. I've literally watched them once. And you're talking about someone that was in love with Tarantino's film. Yeah, of course. That's that's what I'm getting at. And then, look, in every <laughs> one of those films, there is undoubtedly a really, really, uh, like, amazing. Let's be fairly generous. Between ninety and like ninety minute and two hour film. Yeah. Like in every film, it's arguably, like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say they'd be perfect. But it's for, for the excessive running time is just obscene. Like it, it, and it's and it never seems to be like oh this had to be in here because yeah, blah, so blah 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 blah. There are some films, right, that you know that you know that you're good fellas, right? Is the perfect example of a film that could not have been any shorter. There's nothing yeah. you can take out of Goodfellas. It's lean. It is yeah, it's, it's the leanest long. near three-hour movie that you will ever see. There is not a wasted yeah. shot, frame, or second in that film. Okay, it's my favourite film of all time, but still. No, but I, get, I, I, I don't disagree. There is nothing that anyone could have <clears throat> That is a director and editor working in perfect harmony to make the best film possible. It feels um, sculpted. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's a great analogy, Ross. It f- Goodfellas is sculpted, whereas these films feel like chunks of clay. 
meandering sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is 159 minutes. So I'm really worried about that. In the <laughs> middle, right? There's yeah. a load of issues that apparently Margot Robbie is barely in it and barely gets to do anything in it. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino was not... Yeah, I reject your hypothesis. I don't know why I've done Samuel L. Jackson. So. Wow, sorry, what's this? <laughs> so you know, you know when so he was questioned about the fact that Margot Robbie doesn't say very much or do very much. Oh, and okay. he turned this was at Cannes and he turned around and to the reporter and said, I reject your hypothesis. Okay. Like, well, oh, well A, means... it's not a hypothesis if it's fact. Right. You know, she's in it yeah. not very much, and when she is in it, she doesn't say very much. That's right, not a okay. hypothesis, Quentin. That's, that's... Either factual, it's either factual or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's like, I reject your facts. No, they're facts, mate. That's how it happens. Yeah. But, so, but the trailer looks really good. Um, I have heard that it is indulgent in places and takes the time to get to bits. Yeah. Um, but, and then the worst of all, he's going to, he's, he's genuinely announced that he wants to do a Star Trek film. Well, it's actually on IMDb and everything. It's on IMDb. But you see, this is the thing. I feel like that is something interesting, at least. I I would I I I would like to see it, but it can't be four hours long. And the whole <laughs> thing of it's gonna have swearing in it. Yeah, it's R rated. I don't well, said R rated. I don't Does the world need an R rated Star Trek movie? Uh, no. <clears throat> but I'd be very curious to watch it. Oh, hey, look! I'll watch all of his films because I'm a I fucking. Mean, I mean, look, look in theory. Well, in theory, like a uh, what's the word? A family-friendly franchise that's sort of off the chain of it could be very interesting. Could, but then do they do? But then do they do a franchise of R-rated Star Trek films, and then they do some family-friendly? Like maybe they do family-friendly versions of both of like his films. So then, so- everyone. That would be interesting. So having an 18-rated version and a... I mean, well, let's be honest, it'll be an R, so it'll be 50. It's yeah, unlikely 15 to be and a 12. I, I doubt it'd be like an NC-17. I mean, maybe. I, I, R, I want R to have, like, fucking Kirk, bareback riding fucking Spock. <laughs> you mean like X-ray? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I literally wanted to turn into Brokeback Mountain in the middle of Brokeback it. Brokeback Mountain. Where Spock and Kirk are stuck on a planet and they know they're never going to get rescued, right? They're, fu- they're going to die. So before they do... They fuck, and then the mm. Enterprise rescues them, and they have to have then the rest of their career they have to spend being exceptionally awkward around each other. <laughs> You're giving him <laughs> ideas. That'd be yeah. great. You like their hand accidentally touched by the replicator, and they're just like, "Oh, oh sorry, 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 uh, Kirk. captain." It's sorry, all very and they just they literally can't bear to be in the same room as each other after that. The that is the Star Trek movie I want to see. For gay sex Star Trek movies, you heard it here first. Um, so just a, just a couple of things before we 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 um tie this one up. Still, I think so. All of this we've done, right? What's the best mm-hmm. Tarantino script? Opening it up to everything he's ever done. His best script. His best script. And pulp, I would argue might be pulp, might be pulp fiction. To be honest, mm. really. It might, it might be pulp fiction. So like me, in terms of an archetypal, it's as an archetypal writing yeah, script. For me, true romance though. Oh fuck! All right, yeah, we didn't even go there. Yeah, so this is why I'm opening up. So it's like, yeah, wait, 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 we didn't, we didn't go there. Um, but I, I'd probably still say Pulp Fiction, actually. Okay. But I love True Romance is arguably my favorite Tarantino film. Yeah. Story. So look, Jackie Brown's the best Tarantino film, right? Yeah. The yeah. best film that he has made. The yeah. best Tarantino movie 
is true of Max. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, Tony yeah, Scott lands that plane like mm-hmm. Sully on the fucking Hudson. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that no, is it's great. From dialogue to performance... Tony, well, Tony Scott probably never got better after that either. Ooh, hello? Mm, I'm going to take that challenge. Uh, but No, actually, well, no, he couldn't have been. It's his, it was like his best film. I don't think... I think that was kind of like Tony Scott at his peak. Peak Tony Scott. Obviously banned in the yeah. UK when it came out. Yeah, which is weird. It was, what? for me, I, I just <laughs> think True Romance is the most perfect film. I have a tattoo on my ribs from True Romance. Yeah. I have... Um, uh, you're so cool, in the exact that's style. Very, that's very good. Uh, with just the heart quick, that she just, writes on the napkin. Just very quickly, just very quickly. Post True Romance, bearing in mind the film before that was the last Boy Scout, so you don't get a lot better than those two in a row. Um, very quickly, there was Crimson Tide, Great which show. I mean is good, not not as good as True Romance. The Fan, which I enjoyed, not as good as True oh, Romance. Enemy of the State. Fuck out the Fan. I uh, know I like it a lot. I'm just saying in terms of yeah, his yeah. best film. Yeah. Enemy of the State, love it. Spy Game, uh, Man yeah. on Fire, which I still think is hugely overrated. Uh, Domino. Yeah. Domino. No, Man on Fire, it's good. It's good. It's just, I just think it's hugely overrated. Ross, can we skip from Man on Fire to Taking yeah. of Pelham 1, 2, 3? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? Domino and Deja Vu were yeah, not no, no, finest no. moments. No. No, no I mean, look... Even if you go backwards in his career, right? And I, you know me, I top last, down. Last Boy Scout, Last Boy Scout is arguably better than True Romance. They're on a very even key. Ah, they're you close, aren't they? Shade black, shade black to Tarantino. That's I mean, that is shit. like literally the the, yeah, the idea. But for me, right? The, the, so just on True Romance, and it, it's got the best cast. It's got the yeah. best dialogue. It's got. The best direction. Cinematography is incredible. The cinematography is incredible. Cinematography is incredible. How you fall in love with Patricia Arquette and Christian Slater. Even though Christian Slater is a bit of a nutcase. I love him. (laughs) The Hans Zimmer music, You're So Cool, the music from You're So Cool. Jeffrey Kimball was the DOP. Yeah. um, Fucking amazing. uh, Bronson Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, he's great in it. Sol Rubinet. Yeah, um, Michael Rappaport. The cocaine in the car moment. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. James Gandolfini. Like yeah, one of the enough. first films. Of... The fights. Oh, my God. Yeah. The way he, he roughed up. His, he, he was living in his car when he did that or something. Yeah, when he, roughed up, um, when he roughed up Alabama. Alabama. That's yeah. The, the, yeah. one of the most horrible scenes ever. Like this, Without this film, mm-hmm. The Sopranos would not exist, right? Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. No, no, no way. Fuck, man. So, yeah. can, but now can you imagine if Tarantino had directed this? At, at the height of his... So if he'd have done this post-Pulp Fiction and if he'd yeah. have done this now, would they have been different films? Uh, who knows? It's very hard to say. But, uh, but anyway, so. we went a little bit off-piece. So um, both hesitant on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood then? I mean, to be honest, yeah. Like, I'm going to go and see it. And like I'm, gonna, I'm trying to avoid the trailer and all that shit. I'll probably inevitably end up seeing it. At it's least got once. Bruce Lee in it, for fuck's sake. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be fun. I'm not, I'm not convinced by the guy playing King, to be honest, that's another story. Um, I'm just... It's the sort of thing where you kind of go, that sounds like so much fun, except how long is it? What? <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? It's like, <clears throat> it's so much fun, and then you realise it's nearly three hours, and you, then you go, hold on, is it nearly three hours, like... Goodfellas nearly three hours. Right, yeah. Because if exactly. it is, this could be Tarantino's best film, right? 
I mean, the, the idea of it being like a, a, a like a golden era Hollywood epic sort of thing is exciting. Like that is exciting, proper potentially. Exciting. But is it actually any? Like, is it can good? it deliver? And that's our question. I mean, it, well, and, no, it can, but it can deliver. Obviously, it can, oh, it can deliver. But will it deliver? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so and what a cast as well. So look, this is we will get together and have an episode dedicated to this film, so we can talk it through. And I'll probably tag it on to another version of this podcast as well. So right. there will be a part two, or, or some might say the complete collection. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> I did a Tarantino. By the way, you can watch The Hateful Eight as a Netflix TV series, fully extended, broken down into episodes. What? And really? It's much longer. Yeah, much longer. Oh, oh good just thought i'd drop that um so look we'll be back to talk about the hateful eight and many many other things whilst where can the good folks of the podcast people listening find out more about you uh oh yeah <laughs> sorry you've just really confused me by telling me about the hateful eight there's a tv show for hateful eight yeah it's the it's the film broken down into episodes but right. longer H how many how many episodes uh you do your plugs, and I will. I will find oh, sorry. Out. Okay, so um, uh, you can find. Oh, fucking hell, sorry, it's really throwing me for a loop. Um, you can find me on all the social things as at Ross Boyask, uh, my company Evolutionary Films at Evo Films UK, uh, and check out my action film Vengeance at Vengeance Film UK. The sequel is very, very nearly finished. It's a post-production. Yeah, it's very, very, very... Literally this week or next week, probably. Okay, four so episodes of The Hateful Eight, the extended edition, are titled The Last Stage to Red Rock, 50 minutes. Minnie's Haberdashery, 51 minutes. Dermagru's Got a Secret, 53 minutes. And The Last Chapter, 56 minutes. So, the answer is... Oh, my four. God. Four, 50-ish oh minutes. And, much like Tarantino's films, each one gets longer. Each one gets longer. Yeah, 50, 51, 53, and 56 minutes. Oh, my God. That's why is it so... Oh, my God. I'm so glad we started off on a positive note with Booksmart and License to Kill, right? Go and watch Booksmart. Everyone just go and watch Booksmart. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, so really check annoyed. out the podcast on www.philsquickreview.co.uk. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, and many, many other places. Uh, Ross and Phil Top Movies on Instagram and Phil Quick Review on Twitter. We will be back uh, in a, a week, maybe two weeks. Who knows? Our schedule is always all over the place. But when we come back, we'll have lots of things to talk about, no doubt. And in fact, what we may well do, because there's been so much good fucking TV, is we may do a What We've Watched TV edition. Ooh. Ooh. Just floating it. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.